You're listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome into the show. This is the Beyond the Game program along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. We're so glad you could be part of this week's program. Sports talk without the trash talk. Check out our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on social media at btgprogram. Zach, I want to apologize. I know it's pretty early in the show to get negative, but I have to tell you what has frosted my fanny. You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. And that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. You know that I love Kirk Cousins, and overall, it's been a pretty good season that he's having in Minnesota this year. Viking fans have nothing to complain about, except, well, maybe this. He has lost more fumbles than anyone in the league. He's lost six of them. But as I say, I'm a big fan of the football player as well as the man that Kirk Cousins is. But I was listening to an interview the other day and it just frosted my fanny that he would not step up and take responsibility for those fumbles. You know, what we're talking about in the quarterback room is that uh, not all fumbles are created equal. So like yesterday or Sunday when I pitched to Dalvin, that's a fumble on me, I believe. If a shotgun snap is, is off to the right and it's not caught, that's a fumble. Uh, if a, under center, if a snap is bobbled, that's a fumble. So that's different than I'm running with the ball and somebody punches it out like what happened against the Bills. So to just say, oh, he's got X number of fumbles this year, doesn't really tell the story. Now to say he's got X number of fumbles, you know, running with the ball with two hands on the ball, as you would think of a fumble compared to whatever that league average is, then that's something we got to look at. And so that's something I've asked, you know, analytics to get me is those the numbers – you know, within the numbers so that I can really break down the specific fumbles that, that matter, uh, that I can control rather than, you know, a shotgun snap that might be over to my right. And now that's statistically marked as a fumble. But in reality, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. What are you talking about? Just say you need to do a better job securing the football. Who cares if that's actually the case or not? Who cares if it's actually on you or you not. Have a fall guy. As a team's quarterback, you are the leader of that team. At the very minimum, the leader of the offense. Why are you fidgeting around trying to figure out whose fault it actually is? Just take it, at least publicly. You can go back in the locker room and you can get with whoever is ultimately responsible and figure that thing out together. But in front of the media, man, it's all you. Leaders take the burden. They take the responsibility. They will work to correct with those they need to work to correct. But a good leader takes the full burden. Whatever team you're a part of, they don't need to hear you hedging around looking for a fall guy. Take the weight on your shoulders and only let them hear encouraging things, things which will build them up. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Coming up on today's show, What are the New York Giants going to do at quarterback? They committed to Eli Manning for this week, but they can't keep sending him out there, can they? We'll talk about that. Plus, our weekly Roberts Wesleyan College Red Hawks recap. We'll have a good, bad, and ugly of the NFL season as we reach the halfway point. 
and we'll tell you what it is that we like this week in sports. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. All right, let's take a look back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covered up through Wednesday, November 7th. The Red Hawks recap is, as always, brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The Roberts Wesleyan men's and women's swim teams came away victorious in their second meet of the season against Erie Community College last weekend. The Red Hawk men set four new team records, led by first-place finishes from freshman Mateus Morrow in both the 50- and 100-yard freestyles, both of which were new records. The women's team, well, they set nine new school records. The Roberts Wesleyan women's cross-country team won its fifth straight East Coast Conference title on Saturday, while also claiming eight first-place finishes in the process. Sophomore Ashley Watson was the ECC individual champion and was named the Women's Runner of the Year following her first-place finish. Rookie Runner of the Year honors went to Abigail Gostomsky, and head coach Andrew Doerr was named the ECC Coach of the Year. The Red Hawks also had nine runners, earned all-conference honors, including seven on the first team. Junior nursing major Mariah Martone, she earned the Elite 19 Award, which is awarded to the student with the highest GPA. Martone holds a 4.0 at Roberts. The men also won their fifth straight ECC conference title on Saturday. Junior Christopher Sims paced the Red Hawks with his second-place finishing, crossing the line ahead of three more Roberts runners to take four out of the first five top finishes. Rookie Runner of the Year honors went to Shane Pease. The Red Hawks men also had 10 runners earn all-conference honors, including five on first team. And the Elite 19 award for the men went to sophomore biochemistry major Tyler Lapina. He, too, holding a 4.0. After losing 3-0 on the road at the University of Bridgeport on Saturday, the women's volleyball team bounced back in their season finale with a victory over Mercy College on Sunday. Junior Rachel Holmes led the Red Hawks on both sides of the ball, recording 13 kills as well as 13 digs. The only home games for Roberts Wesleyan teams over the next week is tomorrow, Saturday, November 10th, when the women's basketball team will play their second game of the Red Hawks Classic Tournament, hosting the College of St. Rose at 4 p.m. Stay up to date with Roberts Athletics by visiting their website, robertsredhawks.com, and of course you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, at RWC Red Hawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, this is the Beyond the Game program, talking sports from a faith-based point of view. Coming up later in the show, we'll share with you our NFL version of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Although halfway through the season, I can tell you this much anyway, both Zach's Buffalo Bills and my New York Giants are both ugly. 
Both are struggling <laughs> at quarterback. At least so in Zach's case, as a fan of the Bills, the future seems bright. There's reason for optimism around rookie quarterback Josh Allen. He's raw, but undoubtedly talented. As for my New York Giants, though, well, they're just bad. They've got a young quarterback who seems like a real fast mover. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Eli Manning has been bad. Real bad. And unless their fourth-round pick out of Richmond, Kyle Loletta, who you just referenced, somehow turns out to be a surprise sensation, there just isn't a whole lot to be excited about. Here's a mm-hmm. team that I thought would maybe sneak in as a wild card, would challenge for a playoff position. I thought they'd be okay. I thought there was talent there, but, man, am I an idiot. Eli has been a great giant. He's had a great career. Now, you may agree. You may disagree. But what's not up for debate is he is not the future of the franchise for the New York Giants. It's time for a change. There are only three qualifying quarterbacks in the league with lower QBRs than Manning, and they're all rookies. Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. That's it. Everybody else has got a higher QBR than does Manning. It wasn't time for a change last year. As is the case this year, the Giants weren't going anywhere except picking high in the draft. And the Giants have no real option at quarterback and are looking at yet another high draft pick in a draft that doesn't have a real lot of depth at the quarterback position. They missed their chance last year when there were numerous options. But they went with a running back. Now look, he's a terrific running back. But how long do running backs last in the league? Six, eight years? They needed a quarterback. Which brings us back to Loletta. Last week, we made mention that the Giants' backup was arrested on multiple charges stemming from traffic incident, including eluding police and resisting arrest. I made specific mention that the timing was terrible. Just as rumors were beginning to gain momentum that Loletta might get a chance to start later in the season to show what he can do, he goes and gets himself arrested. Now, look, I still think the timing was terrible. But as hard as this may seem, it turns out that the incident may not have been as bad as originally reported and that it may, in fact, have been blown a little bit out of proportion. After gathering more information, after conducting a thorough investigation, the Giants were satisfied. While announcing that Eli Manning will start at quarterback Monday night in San Francisco, Giants head coach Pat Shermer also made mention of the fact that Loletta will not be suspended by the team for his recent arrest. He will not be suspended, and it still appears likely that he will be given a shot to start a game later this season to show what he can do. Loletta had been jailed for six hours. After he was driving to the team facility one morning last week, he disobeyed a police officer who wanted him to take this detour. It turned out it would have been a lengthy detour around a major backup And because he was running late, and because he didn't want to be even later, Loletta refused when the officer told him to just stay in his lane. He made an illegal turn and allegedly almost hit the officer. Even when another officer finally did stop Loletta, he then refused to produce his license and registration and refused to get out of the car. Despite the reports of nearly running over the police officer, reports which I had repeated, Loletta contends that he never even came close to hitting the officer or anyone else for that matter, and he intends to fight any criminal charge, and the Giants believe he's been open and honest with them. Sources say Loletta did not act 
in a belligerent manner, although he would now admit that he should have just obeyed the, the, what the police were telling him to do. In the day since, he has said all the right things. He even admitted that my parents have raised me better than that. He admits that he was wrong. Um, I, I accept responsibility. Um, and like I said, right is right, wrong is wrong. I was wrong. Um, and I'm just going to try to move forward from this as best I can. As far as the Giants are concerned, they want him to get up earlier. They want him to leave for work earlier. Sure, they're disappointed, just as are Loletta's parents, just as is Loletta himself. And I'm certainly not. Don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to minimize the seriousness of the charge. The Giants, though, they're content that Loletta understands he made a huge mistake. They're not going to make a bigger deal about it than what he's going to have to deal with at some point in a court of law. I like what Loletta said about getting up earlier. Too many times I see people come flying into a parking lot because they're running late. Now, look, you're running late. Don't make your problem my problem. It's yours. You're the one who left late. Don't make your problem somebody else's problem when you injure them with your car because you were driving too fast because you're late. You know, by waking up late, I put myself in an un unfavorable position, and, uh, you know, now I'm going to have to deal with the consequences. People make mistakes. Kyle Loletta made a big one, and he will face the consequences. But the New York Giants don't need to pile on by suspending a guy who's already remorseful and whose behavior may not have been what those initial reports made it sound like it was. Again, I'm not minimizing. I'm not. Eluding police, resisting arrest, those things are disrespectful. Those things are stupid. But at the same time, it's not like he got in a fist fight with him. It's not like it was some sort of physical confrontation. Sometimes the trouble someone has made for themselves is punishment enough. There's no need for you or I to put our foot on their throat while they're down. Yet I've, say, I've seen a number of situations where believers in Christ are slower to forgive than they ought to be. I've seen where they're actually looking for extreme punishment for people that seems to go beyond what's reasonable. I don't know why that is. Maybe they don't like the person. Maybe it's some other reason. But I can tell you this. I always want to err on the side of mercy and grace if I'm able to. Few things show the love of God as does the compassion behind mercy and grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us. Isn't it something that those who have experienced the mercy and the grace of God are slow to give the same to others? But truth is, most of us are that way, a little bit anyway. We have a different standard of what is appropriate punishment for ourselves than what we measure for somebody else. Psalm 86.15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Mercy's not cheap. It's expensive because it cost Jesus his life to set us free. And grace, well, that's even better. While mercy is not getting the punishment you deserve, grace is when you receive what you didn't deserve. God offers you both. Mercy in the form that Christ took the penalty of our sins on the cross. As such, we don't have to spend our eternity in hell trying in vain to pay for them. And grace in the form that he adopts you into his family and gives you 
and eternity in heaven. John chapter 14, verse 3 says, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In other words, in his mercy, he doesn't give us what we deserve because he gave that to Jesus. In his grace, he gives us what we don't deserve, the rewards earned by Jesus. How do you get in on God's offer of love and mercy? He just asks this, that you would admit your sin and seek forgiveness. Which, by the way, forgiveness of sins can only be found in Christ. 1 John 1, nine says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pray to God. Admit to him that you're a sinner. Admit to him your guilt. Tell him you believe he died on the cross for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Ask God to forgive you and ask him to help you repent from your sin. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou wilt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If we can help in any way, just reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. Maybe you only just want us to pray for you. We'd be glad to do that. I want to thank you for being with us along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You've wrestled with that issue for so long. You don't know who to talk to. You're too embarrassed to tell your friends or family what you're dealing with. You're even reluctant to talk to your pastor. I know. I was there too. But it got to a point that something had to change. And then... I found Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a team of licensed Christian counselors who share your faith and will help you through your problem. They want to give you a free week just to try it out. You can begin a conversation when you're ready by text or phone, even video conferencing from the comfort of your own home. And your first week is free. If it's not for you, you can cancel during your first week and not pay a dime. Why not give it a try? Go to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. Talk to someone who can help. Go right now to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. It's so easy to get started and your first week is free. Let them help. Go to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program along with Zach Barletta, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Let's get into a segment we call The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. It started out as just an excuse to play that outstanding theme music Heck from yeah. the equally outstanding film. But it has become our vehicle for giving you our power rankings. And this week, we'll put our attention on the NFL as it reaches the halfway point of the season. We'll give you our top two teams. That's the good. The bottom two teams. That's the bad. 
and something ugly for this week will make it the worst loss of last weekend. So here we go. Let's start on the positive side, Zach, with our good teams. My number two team in the NFL is the L.A. Rams. Man, I like that this team is not only good, but they have heart. Against the Saints, they were down at halftime, 35-17, but they scored 18 unanswered to start the second half to tie the game. They did eventually lose, but I thought they showed a lot of heart. I also have the Rams as my number two team for most of the reasons that you mentioned, not only because they have the outstanding offense, but of the top offensive teams, they also have one of the best defenses, and they picked up Dante Fowler. So Rams, good team all around. All right, we agree. Second best team in the league. I'll probably agree on number one then because my number one is the team that beat them, New Orleans Saints. And last week, the Saints took on the best team in the NFL at that time, the undefeated the Rams. And as you say, that great defense and the Rams could not stop them. Drew Brees just seemed to do uh, whatever he wanted to do. As he so often does. They are also my number one team. This is going to make for terrible radio that we agree on everything. But look, when the number two team knocks off the number one team, they become the number one team. And they look fantastic on offense as usual. Their defense has had a slow start, but it's coming together. Saints are probably the best team in football right now. I don't think you need to apologize for us agreeing. You know what they say about great minds, right? They think alike. There you go. All right, let's switch to the bad. I'll let you go first. What is, to you, the second-worst team in the NFL? It pains me to say it, but I think it's the Buffalo Bills. My favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. But look, Derek Anderson, Nathan Peterman, these are the names of some of the last starting quarterbacks of this team. The games have gotten painful to watch. Now, if Josh Allen comes back, in addition to the pretty good defense that they have, maybe they could climb in the rankings. But right now, they're just dreadful to watch. Yeah, this is just a little extra, no extra charge. They're my third worst team. They're okay. just I, To me, they look like they've given up. Maybe I'm wrong, but they just look flat all the time. My second worst team in the league is the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they got blown out against this one-win 49ers team who were starting their third-string quarterback, and it's just ugly. Oakland Raiders football is just ugly, but at least they have a plan. Uh, they have a plan in place <laughs> and a lot of first round picks the Oakland Raiders are actually my worst team in football uh look they've traded away the little talent that they had um they do look like a team that's given up to me while in a couple years they might be pretty good with all the talent that they're going to add right now they are just garbage for me the worst team in the NFL and as you say it's painful for me to say it's the New York Giants they can't score the defense misses way too many tackles. And on special teams, they've dropped an awful lot of footballs. Now, they've gotten some of those back, but there's just way too many drops all over the field on special teams, on offense. And as I look at this, my rankings, the third worst team, the Buffalo Bills, who my wife's family are Bills fans. You're a Bills fan. I like the Bills. My second worst is the Raiders, my wife's favorite team. And the all-time worst it's the Giants, my favorite team. This is a terrible football season. But let's talk about the ugly. Who had the worst loss last week? For me, it was the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they, this division is up for grabs. They had an opportunity to really showcase. And, man, I thought they took like seven steps back. For me, the, the ugly this week was the Dallas Cowboys. And on top of that, Jerry Jones says he will not be considering a coaching change during the season. So get ready for lots more. My ugly loss of the of the week, there were several contenders, including the Bills, but I went with the Dolphins beating the Jets 13-6. to 
The Jets are garbage. The Dolphins are garbage. The Dolphins won the game without scoring an offensive touchdown. That was an ugly performance to watch, so I ranked that as my ugly game. And don't of the forget week. their field. Their field is yeah. garbage. So there you have it. There's our good, bad, and ugly, or as anybody else would call them, power rankings, but we call it good, bad, and ugly because we love that little sound How can bite. You not? We'd be interested to hear your thoughts, how you'd rank them. You can tweet us at BTG Program or give us a call. Leave it. Leave your message on our comment line. Tell us what you think. What is what's that number, Zach, for our comment line? Comment line is five eight five four three one one two zero two. Let's close out this week's program and send you home, telling you what it is that we liked in sports this past week. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verse nine reminds us that God said, "My grace is sufficient for you." After 12 seasons of playing for five different NHL teams, New Jersey Devils center Brian Boyle scored his first NHL hat trick Monday night in Pittsburgh. What makes it even better is that Boyle, of course, was diagnosed with leukemia in September 2017, and after missing the Devils' first 10 games last season, he played the 2017-2018 season while undergoing treatment. Two weeks ago, Boyle found out he was in remission, and after going through all that, he now has his first. NHL hat trick. But what makes it even better yet is that Boyle's wife, Lauren, had just recently been named an official Hockey Fights Cancer Ambassador. And even better than that, Monday night when Boyle scored his hat trick, it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Boyle was asked what it meant to have his big game on Cancer Awareness Night. He said, it's near and dear to my heart. It's a club. I've said before, you don't want to be in. I've been on that side. I know what it feels like to have the words, you have cancer from a doctor and i'm really fortunate to have a clean bill of health cancer survivor brian boyle scoring a hat trick on hockey fights cancer night is what i like, you like this that? week you like that? what i like this week was seattle seahawks linebacker kj wright donating money to help build wells in a village in kenya last summer wright went to kenya visited a village where he saw that they were struggling for clean drinking water so this season he said he was going to donate 250 dollars for every tackle he makes to a fund to help build two water wells in this village in Kenya. Well, then he got hurt and missed six games, so KJ Wright has upped the amount per tackle from $250 to $300. We'll now donate that time or that money for every tackle he makes this season to help build wells in a needy village in Kenya. And that is what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? Once again, thanks so much for being with us. This has been the Beyond the Game program. You want to help us out? Here's how you can. You know that we use Sports Talk Radio to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ as well as sharing biblical applications from the world of sports with listeners all around the world each and every week. But we can't do it without you. It's because of the financial gifts of people such as yourself that the Beyond the Game program is on the air. Please consider a financial contribution to this radio ministry. And if you have a business, think about advertising during the Beyond the Game program. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. There's lots of other stuff there as well. There's additional information about the program. You can listen to past broadcasts. And more importantly, there's detailed information about how you can know Jesus Christ personally and begin a faith journey walking daily in the love of God. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Thank you.